In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, today, Jesus says something truly shocking. I tell you the truth. It is better for you that I go, for if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is basically saying that if we have a choice between him and the Holy Ghost, we should choose the Holy Ghost. That's how important, he says, the Holy Ghost is. The good news, the great joy, is that we don't have to choose between the two. But it is crucial for us to ponder the role of the Holy Ghost in the Christian life and to examine whether we are docile to the help he wants to give us to live by faith. The reality, however, is that the Holy Ghost remains a great unknown, not just in the life of so many of the Christian faithful. Benedict XVI said, the Holy Spirit has been in some ways the neglected person of the Blessed Trinity. If we wish to understand the faith, if we wish to transmit it, if we wish to live it, if we wish to pass it on, we must allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Ghost. For, for us, the great unknown must become the great known, the teacher, the leader, the counselor, the advocate. The importance of the Holy Ghost in our life as Catholics cannot be overstated. Jesus tells us in today's Gospel when he emphasized that it was good that he left us because in comparison with the gift of his presence, the gift of the Holy Ghost presence in our life is more important. That's how crucial the Holy Ghost is meant to be in our life as disciples and apostles. As Catholics, how should we be seeking to grow in our docility to this highest gift of God? The first is in our prayer. The Holy Ghost teaches us how to pray. He does this not principally by putting words in our minds and mouth to say, but changing who we are as we pray, helping us to be conscious of our reality so that we can cry out Father. Second, we also need to be guided by the Holy Ghost in our speaking about and giving witness to the faith. Jesus had promised to the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit he would send would teach us all things, lead us to all truth, remind us of everything he had taught us, and as we hear in today's gospel, prove the world wrong about sin, holiness, 
and judgment. We see the miracles that occurred in the life of the apostles with the help of the Holy Ghost. The same apostles who 53 days before Pentecost had left the upper room only to scatter like scared children in the garden, now left the same upper room to gather God's children together for Christ. The same St. Peter who denied even knowing Jesus in order to keep himself warm by the courtyard fire was now on fire confessing that Jesus was the Messiah the son of the living God. The disciples who were too ashamed to appear at the foot of the cross now boldly and proudly proclaimed God's love seen by Christ's death on that cross. It was the Holy Ghost that had effected the transformation from apostates to apostles, from cowards to courageous witnesses, from chickens to shepherds. The Holy Ghost wants to work that same inner transformation in all of us, and he will, provided that we cooperate with him like Jesus' first followers. He will help us, but we have to do our part. Third, the Holy Ghost wants to help us to live according to the Holy Spirit. This is the definition of a Christian life of faith. And in fact, it's one of the biggest choices we make in life. Through life according to the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity wants to help us to seek the things of the Spirit. What God wants, rather than worldly desires. He wants to help us walk by the Spirit by threatening us to crucify our flesh with its passions and desires and illusions and deceptions so that we may be able to be other Christ. That is authentic Christian spirituality. One means by the Holy Ghost does this is through the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The gift of wisdom help us to evaluate all things in the light of the truth from God's own perspective so that in seeing things clearly, we may help others to see. The gift of knowledge helps us to come to know not only the truth of the faith, but other truths. To remember then, to recall what the Lord Jesus, the great saints, said or did. The gift of understanding fosters in us a deeper insight into the truth so that in seeing the connections between things, we can stimulate others to enter into the real world. 
The gift of counsel or prudence helps us to order our path towards the good and to choose among various goods and to help others to do the same. The gift of courage sustains us in hardship, helping us to move onward despite our natural human fears and to be bold because of the power and presence of the Holy Ghost. The gift of courage helps us to grasp that the victory has been won. The victory has been won. And we are the heroes of the one who has conquered even sin and death and therefore have nothing to fear in trying to bring people the medicine of immortality. The gift of reverence revives in us the relationship of intimate communion with God and of trusting surrender to his providence. God is not mocked and he knows everything. It's a key that, it's a key so that we become a more compelling message. Someone whose existence and way of life reminds one of God. Someone infinitely loved by God. Someone who sees in creation and even in suffering a mystery that can unite us to the divine opening up our eyes and through us the eyes and the hearts of others to grasp that the world is charged with the grandeur of God. The gift of fear gives us a greater sense of our human weakness and therefore of the indispensable role of divine grace. We all receive this gift when we were confirmed. Or you will receive them sooner or later. But this is our faith. When we live by the Spirit, we receive the fruits of the Spirit, which will obviously make our Christian life of faith come alive and help us to be far more capable of communicating, of communicating the truth, communicating a glimpse of divine reality, communicating God more attractively and compellingly to others. Just think about the life that would be ours if we lived with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fidelity, gentleness, and self-control. St. Paul said, do not quench the spirit or do not grieve the spirit of God. Dear faithful, the Holy Spirit from whom we need to pray with greater insistence as we draw closer to Pentecost, 
comes to us at every Mass. Just as, he, just as he overshadowed Mary at the Annunciation, so he overshadows the altar and the priest at the consecration to transform bread and wine into the eternal Son of God incarnate. And so he overshadows the church to make us one body, one spirit in Jesus. Benedict XVI said, the Eucharist is a perpetual Pentecost. Since every, every time we celebrate Mass, we receive the Holy Ghost who unites us more deeply with Jesus and transforms us into him. Today, we turn to the Holy Ghost, the better part, and pray, come, O Holy Ghost, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs>